You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's uh, it's Tuesday. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. So that was a hockey game last night. Holy. Woof. Um, A2 loss if you missed it. And if you missed it, good for you. Lucky. Um, hey, Toffoli scored. <laughs> Sweet. Great. He's having such a good year. He is. Can't wait to see where he has success next. Wow. Unbelievable. Hannafin scored. <laughs> Great. At least it was a timely goal. Yeah. Right on time. Um, Vladar got into a game for the first time since February. Probably a period too late, but yeah, there you go. That's, um, I wouldn't say those are positives, (laughs) but when that's the best you can come up with, I think those are just facts. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunate statements more so than anything. Yeah. So that was uh woof. It's hard to find or describe what kind of effort that was last night. Mm-hmm. The only thing that popped into my head, and, and we'll talk about the Elliot Friedman clip on 32 Thoughts with Jeff Merrick. Yep. About Nazem Kadri maybe um being a little disenfranchised with what's going on. Here. A little bit of a rift between the head coach and some of the star players. Oh, so bizarre. Shocker, actually. So crazy. So weird. Like, we haven't been seeing this kind of on the fringes from the outside for the entire year. Yeah. Because um, last night felt like, and I, it's easy to say, but I think last night for the first time this season, mm-hmm. that felt like a coach-killing effort. Yeah. That one did. Yeah. Like, I, I think we can honestly say for the... In that game against the Ducks, where they lost 3-1 on that Friday night, mm-hmm. they were flat, but at least they tried to battle back in the third period, right? And mm-hmm. they just couldn't score because they can't score all season. John but, Gibson was solid. Yeah, but last night for the first time this season, that felt like a coach-killing effort. And isn't that convenient that the Elliott clip comes out Hours before we witnessed what we witnessed last night in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, I don't think that it was like, listen, I'm, I think that probably a lot of our listeners listen to 32 thoughts. And if you didn't hear it, we'll play it for you right now. But I was certainly thinking about this comment that Elliot had mentioned on 32 thoughts yesterday is the festivities took place down in L.A. Kadri gets benched. It's a weird benching to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the one thing I'll say about Kadri is the best thing about him, and you remember his interview on the ice last year with, with Dave Amber after they won the Cup, he's blunt. He's going to say what's on his mind. And I've heard that Kadri's been very vocal about what he sees going on in Calgary and why the team isn't firing on all cylinders. And I think he's been very blunt about just the communication between players and the coach there. So I'm betting some of that frustration boiled over in that game on Saturday night. And I don't know if there's a lot of people who hear that and go, really, really, you're telling me that there might be a little bit of a rift between Daryl Sutter and the players. And I think that the key part at the end there is the communication between players and coaches. And like, I think that this thing started to get away and this riff started to form a long time ago in this season. You go all the way back to that Huberto comment that Daryl Sutter made when Jonathan Huberto obviously had tweaked something early on in the season, went back to the locker room, got it looked at, came back. And then Daryl Sutter had the, he went to take a dumb comment. Mm, poopy pants. And then after, and I know that went over poorly. And then after that, you have more comments. You have the Jacob Pelche instance. Mm. Another one. I gave you the numbers on that. A kick in the teeth to everybody on the team. 
Because we've seen this guy and the energy that he brings around the team. And to do that in his first game wasn't good. And it's just kind of continued to snowball. Constantly saying how we don't have the top talent to run with other teams. And whether you believe that or not, like you have a guy on your team who set a record in the NHL for most points by a left winger. Like... I just think that there's been so many instances where it's Daryl's way or the highway and Daryl's way hasn't worked with this particular group. Lanny even talked about it last night during the intermission. He sure did. Um, uh, Lanny, always a positive influence. Always good vibes around Lanny McDonald. Is there more of a positive influence? You'd be hard pressed to find one. But but he literally said with Eric and, and Ryan last night, uh, Cadre needs to find a way to work with Sutter. Like that's somebody who is like represents the organization. He's an ambassador. He he knows what's going on around in and around the team. Mm-hmm. I would imagine, mm-hmm. and said they need to find a way to work together, which I thought was super interesting coming out of an intermission as he's wearing a Hubidor jersey. Yeah, I I don't disagree. Like I guess they do, but. I don't know. You also have to wonder if this ship has honestly run its course. Like, this feels like they're going to have to do a real audit in the offseason and say, hey, we got to get everybody in a room and figure out how we can do this, how we can create a relationship that is not negative or having guys feeling perhaps disenfranchised. You got to have to create an environment that these guys want to return to and play in and enjoy playing in because you signed them to long-term deals. And I don't know. Like I've said for a long time when even going back to this team's big struggles and talking about, hey, okay, who's the best option if it's not Daryl Sutter? And what are you going to do there? Like my biggest point with Daryl Sutter being the head coach and being the head coach of this team for any sort of term was he signed an extension in the offseason. Brad Trilliven did not. He did. And as a result, I think that it's it's fair to wonder, would this be an organization that right after signing him to an extension, after he won a Jack Adams trophy, is this an organization that would part ways with him? Hard to say. Doubtful, in my mind. Right. So what are you going to do? Are you going to trade two of these players that you signed to big deals and it was looked at as a huge win in the offseason? And now you got to try and move them at easily their lowest value because they're both having historic drop-offs in the amount of point production that we're seeing from year to year with both Huberto and Caudry. The The easiest thing always to do in sports is to fire the coach. Mm-hmm. That's always the easiest, simplest solution. But the roster is flawed a little bit. It lacks a scoring punch. It lacks dynamic playmakers because when you lose two dynamic playmakers out of your lineup and the best line in hockey, things get a lot more difficult. Things are a lot more tough to score goals and win games. Mm -hmm. And they had that incredible stat last night that we'll get to on the broadcast about the Flames. Snapped a pic of it off my old TV there last night. But I'm I'm not going to sit here and say, and I don't know, you might feel different. I'm not going to say fire Sutter today, fire Sutter, fire Sutter. I, I just don't know what the direction is of the franchise. And to say that this is all on Daryl Sutter, I disagree, and here's why. It was what? Game seven, game 60 what last night? It was 71 yesterday. Yeah, game 71, and that was the first time we can honestly say that felt like a coach-killing effort. 71 games into the season. Like that's 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 the difference to me here, right? Because the guy didn't win the Jack Adams. He's a slam dunk Hall of Fame head coach. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. Has the two cup rings in Los Angeles. Had a ton of success in San Jose. His resume speaks for itself. But firing the coach and maybe letting these guys off the hook a little bit, I think, is maybe maybe too easy. Like. Cadre's a guy that, you know, played great in Colorado last year. Mm -hmm. 
Um, really cashed in on his free agent year, mm-hmm. won a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. But Nazem Kadri was insulated by incredible players with the Avalanche. And this isn't a, a knock on Nazem Kadri. It's just he was brought here to be elevated into the lineup and be a big piece of what this team is going to be moving forward. And Kadri's always been at his best when he's been that complimentary piece. He's one of the best complimentary pieces. When he's with the Leafs, because I've watched a ton of Nazem Kadri in my life, he got traded from the Leafs because he loved the Leafs too much and did stupid things in the playoffs, and they couldn't take it anymore with him getting suspended. And last year, Makar, McKinnon, Rannon, Landeskog, the list goes on and on and on of players who were fantastic for the Avalanche to win that cup. And even Kadri, you know, got hurt, didn't play some of those playoff games. But now you come to Calgary and you have an elevated role in the team. And has he lived up to those expectations this season? Not really. Has he been okay? He's been okay. And I saw this on the text line yesterday and I thought it was really interesting. So I got Sportsnet stats to look up something for me. Mm -hmm. That hit he took from Jacob Truba in that incredible game at Madison Square Garden on February 6th. Mm -hmm. Here's his stats. 51 games. 19 goals, 19 assists, 38 points, 7.75 points per game, was a minus 10, had an 11.4 shooting percentage. He was playing 17, point, uh, 17 minutes, 42 seconds a night. Since that hit in 20 games, he has two goals, nine assists, 11 points, 0.55 points per game. He's a minus seven now. His shooting percentage has dipped under three, and uh, his ice time is also dipped to almost under 16 minutes a game. You think there's any think there's any correlation from that hit? You think there's any correlation from that play? Because he hasn't been the same guy since. I guess, but Can, even before then, were we like, wow, Nazem Kadri looks like such an outstanding player? Like he, he did in the first couple weeks of the season, and there yeah, were flashes. That was way before, before that Christmas New York time. Game. Right, but I'm just saying. I thought it was interesting, so I got. Yeah, I, have I understand. Like, and but, it was a significant moment. It was a right. flashpoint in the season, and yeah, he's dropped off significantly. Right, but I but, again, I think it's easy just to blame the head coach in this situation when there's another guy in Jonathan Huberto, right? Had a ton of assists last year. Highest, and the coach played him on the right side for well, two months. I get it. I get it. But again, was he the, the the main character in Florida? They pointed fingers at him with their playoff losses. Hey, where did Huberto go? That was a conversation having having the, the dozens of Panthers fans in this world were having when they were knocked out of the playoffs. Let's, Where's and- Huberto been? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's easy just to blame the coach when the roster is 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 flawed. And I know even we've talked about it. I've heard Lou saying on the post-game show that on paper, this team potentially could be a better team in the playoffs. But when you lack that dynamic goal scoring and playmaking ability from guys who can just make something out of nothing, and the Flames were blowing out teams at, at times last year, you don't have that this season. And all the mistakes, all the one goal losses are just amplified. And that's what's happened on this team. Again, it's the easiest thing to do in professional sports is fire the coach. And we've heard it from everywhere. Guys who have played with them, guys uh, around the league. Kron was even in here talking about how tough it is to play for Daryl Sutter. Mm-hmm. But then you also have Dennis Bernstein yesterday talking from the Kings organization. How revered he is. How many guys in the organization would still like to have him? They cried when he got fired. Which I feel is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, personally, I thought that was a bit of a stretch as well. Oh, no, but. they cried when they won the cup, not necessarily when he was fired. But he's revered yes. in Los Angeles. By all means. Very. Too, because too, this is. Two cups there. That, see, now this is the question I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. With a new coach next year, can this team win the division? Well, I think you'd have to make the necessary changes around the roster as well. I don't think it's as simple as you just swap out the coach and you call her a day. Doing, watching what's going on on Flames Twitter, that seems like the number one solution right now. Yeah, well, listen, we also have seen Flames Twitter 
stomp their fists for oh, no. Dan Vladar uh, and course. Jacob Pelche and, and they've been racking up but what plenty I'm asking of L's you is, this year. So whoever you have behind the bench, if you want to get rid of Sutter or kick him upstairs to some or some sort of other role within the organization, is this team the best team in the division that's currently constructed? Because there's not a lot of room for improvement here. Maybe well, it's time for this organization to just, you know, shed of the, the people that have so many attachments to the current roster. There's so many people in this organization that have been here for a long time. And it's not just Daryl Sutter. Mm-hmm. It's an organizational thing, man. It's not just Daryl Sutter. This has been a long time That's story. That's what I'm kind of saying here. And what's the number one rule, Patrick? They say to general managers, don't fall in love with your players. Yep. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. And the moves this team made in the summer, the city, the organization, there was emotion involved in those trades. There was no question. They got a haul for Matthew Kachuk. There's no question. And everyone in hockey all agreed what an incredible play by Brad Tree Living to fill that hole with Jonathan Huberto mm-hmm. and get what he did for a guy who did not want to play here long term. That's great. Mm-hmm. But signing, bringing in Huberto and then going to that fateful dinner and then signing him to this monster extension that kicks in next year and then signing Nazem Kadri to a monster contract. This team's not in a rebuild next year either. Nope. This is retool around the edges and see how we're going to do this and accomplish this. Because this tank mode or strip it down, tear it down, nobody is taking Jonathan Huberto's contract. Nobody in the NHL will take that contract right now. And listen, there's a couple of things. Maybe that, there is. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, but here's maybe. the thing. I also, like I've said, I believe Jonathan Huberto is going to be a better player next year. Okay. I think That's that, fair. He should be. I think that this has been a, a really tough transition. There's another thing here that I think would be important is the Western Conference. It's more physical. And I think that going into the summer and trying to become a stronger player that would be probably front and center for me watching Jonathan Huberto because he just loses the puck when guys engage him along the boards when he's entering on a rush try and, and just kills your momentum a lot of times. But listen, you're going to hope for Jacob Pelty taking a step. You're going to see what Matt Coronado can do with this team. You would hope if he ends up signing it after this weekend or after next weekend, depending on how his time goes with Harvard at the Frozen Four. And you wonder if that would be a little bit of a scoring bump that that could add to your group in in your middle six type of role. But yeah, this is going to be a... I'm fascinated by seeing what happens in the offseason. Because like we talked about before the trade deadline, you've got a slew of players who are on expiring deals. Who wants to stay? Who wants to go? Who do you want to keep? Who do you want to move out? Because... The Flames could be one of the biggest power brokers in next year's deadline if they so choose to go that way. But then again, you still got Jonathan Huberto for seven years after that and Nazem Kadri for another six. Or five would be at that point. We, um, as, as fans and media, we focus way too much on um, the players on the ice, the general manager, and the coach. Like, th- those are obviously the three key parts to a winning team. But what we forget at times is ownership. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the mandate from ownership is. Nope. Because ownership can say, yeah, maybe Brad Tree Living wanted to tear everything down. Maybe he did. I don't know. Do we know that for a fact? When when Goudreau left and, and Kachuk wanted out? Maybe Tree Living looked at this team and went, you know what? Yeah, okay, maybe now is the time to start rebuilding. Let's get into the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Let's get into this draft that potentially will have franchise-changing players in it. Sure, but we don't know that if ownership comes down and says, you need to get this team in the playoffs every year, we want that revenue. I think that as soon as Jonathan Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weger were put on the table by the Florida Panthers, everything changed. I think everything completely changed as far as the route that they were going to go as far as kind of comparing and contrasting the two different looks. And like the other deal that we have heard of was something with the Carolina Hurricanes. It would have maybe included a Martin Natchez or something like that. And we don't know anything else apart from that. It would have been more, but like this, this is what your point is. 
Don't know what the other things were out there. Like, was there an option with the Blues that would have been more picks and prospects? Was there an option somewhere else that would have been more picks and prospects? Was there, you know, once again, the the list of teams that Matthew Kachuk wanted to go to was limited. And the Blues weren't even at the top. He got exactly what he wanted by going to Florida, too. The Panthers got out of a couple of veterans who they didn't necessarily want to pay. Fine. And they got their guy. But I don't know. Like, it's it's always and, something I go back and forth with on the ownership front as well. Because, and again, that's I, another wrinkle to this entire right. And that's something I think structure of that the gets, organization that gets lost because fans just want championships and banners, right? But ultimately, this is first and foremost for the ownership. It's a business, mm-hmm. and this and and they're here to make money. Mm-hmm. And if you get into the playoffs, that's pure gravy for the Calgary Flames. Yeah. And and the ownership. Yeah. Right. Have the Flames ever in your lifetime bottomed out enough to say, hey, we need to tear this thing down. We need to be one of the worst teams in hockey to accrue all these picks so we can finally build a legitimate contender. They never did it on purpose. They only did it once, and it was kind of by accident, and then they got Sam Bennett in that draft fourth overall. Like, they had a couple of very lean years, to say the least. But, I mean, when they're but actively was, going out no, there no, and trading never. away players no. to bottom out. No. The Even mandate- the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have spent so much money in free agency before the cap, even they finally realized as an organization, it's time to tank this thing so we can get high draft picks. And they got Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews out of the draft. The Colorado Avalanche stunk for years. Years, Matty. Mm-hmm. The Chicago Blackhawks were a laughing stock for years and ended up hanging three banners in their arena. The Avalanche just hang, hang, hung a banner last uh, this last fall. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I am a firm believer that you have to build through the top end of the draft nowadays. You look back at the last 10 teams who have won a Stanley Cup, they've no all got someone the in the top 5, top 10 that was drafted and turned into an absolute stud. The, the Avalanche, Penguins. McKinnon, McCarr, the Penguins, Crosby, Malkin. Like The list right. goes on and but, on and on. But that's my point. Agreed. We don't know what the actual... Mandate is? Yes, from ownership. 100%. The ownership can say to the general manager and the head coach, get this team into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And if you go deep, great. But the the goal is to get this team in the playoffs because puts more butts in the seats during the regular season. And you get that playoff revenue, Mm -hmm. which is pure gravy. Yep. If ownership gave the okay to a general manager and said, it's time for you to strip this thing down completely. Let's build through the draft and let's have some lean years here in Calgary. I've I've never seen it from afar before I got here with this team and this organization. Nope. That team that the North did it for years after they won every single draft lottery seemingly. But look what they got out of it. Mm-hmm. It's all, like I've like, said. Again, much like the team to the west of us who is in a perpetual media, mediocre cycle over and over again. Even they got the Sedins high in the draft because they sucked for a few years and made some shrewd picks. But they got the Sedins really high in the draft that changed that franchise for almost 15 years. And this needs to start with ownership. It's not as easy as saying it's just time to fire the coach. Things will flip around. Until ownership gives that mandate to the general manager or the head coach to say, hey, uh, it's time to tear this thing down. We got to build through the draft. You got to retool on the fly. And honestly, Maddie, this summer is about retooling on the fly again. Because once you put pen to paper on those Codger and Huberto deals, you've already made your bed, and now you got to lie in it. Mm-hmm. Do you hope and go out there and make some sort of trade? Because we've talked about it. You can't let Elias Lindholm go for free. Hard no. no. Does he want to come Foley? back? I don't know. Tyler Toffoli's got one year left on his deal. Career year. Michael Backlund, best player, MVP of the team this year. Yep. Does he want to win a championship somewhere else? Does he want to be a flame for life? I don't know. Do you think another team wouldn't want him at under a $3 million cap hit? 
You think you wouldn't want Lindholm at under two and a half million dollar cap hit? Yeah. Like you retain salary on those guys next year at the deadline. You can get an absolute haul. Right. Especially because the cap's not going to go up again. But they're not they're not going to tear this thing down, Matt, because they have those two contracts they sign in the summer. So you go out there and retool, I guess, and try to make some sort of move to add to this roster. And the free agent class is just you have awful. no room. You have no it's room. To sign oh anything. yeah, and they've got no room. No, we're, what what are you going to do? You you got to try to extend. Even Hannafin's deal is coming up. You got to try to extend these guys. You extended Uyghur too. Yeah, and all that money has already been used up by Milan Lucic's expiring deal. And there and then like as you mentioned, cap's not going up. Nope. Nope. All right. Like the big um, difference is going to be Matt Coronado in here. That's probably going to be it. If he decides to sign. Sure. Um, Lots to discuss. Uh, Flames just get thumped 8-2 last night by the Kings. Um, Maddie's going to break it down for us if if you like pain and suffering. Um, Later on in the show, too, um, got got an important text message last night (laughs) from uh, Melancholy Malcolm. Oh, really? He's like, uh, hello, chap. (laughs) I haven't... uh, I haven't been on the program in a while. I would love to jump on and read some angry Flames fans tweets. Mm. And um, I think we're going to revisit uh, with Melancholy Malcolm in the 7 o'clock hour. Let's do it. May as well. What could go wrong? Yeah. What uh, could possibly go wrong? Um, we'll do that. We'll give... Uh, we got another... Um, here's good news on, on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got another um, golf pass for a foursome at Wingfield Golf Club. Love this. We'll do that. Uh, I'll give the text question se- 7 o'clock hour. Sure. Works for me. Yeah. Um, let's do the Rose Report next. Break down that 8-2 loss. Wolf. Later on in the show, um, Adnan Verk's going to join us. Uh, that WBC game between Japan <laughs> and Mexico is absolutely electric. Uh, we'll talk some NHL with Adnan, too. Uh, get his thoughts on John Wick 4 that's coming out. Uh, wrap up his Oscars. Yep. And then uh, Sammy Cos, Sammy Cosentino, NHL analyst, draft expert for Sportsnet at 8 o'clock. Um, it's a busy show. Flames lose 8-2. Still got Woof. a chance to playoffs. It's a game night again. They're in Anaheim to play the Ducks. Yeah, Honda Center. Who doesn't love going to the to, Honda to, Center? To the Honda Center. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Mm. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. The top of the hour, I think it's uh, it's time to hear from Melancholy Malcolm again. He shot me a text last night. Said hello, George, old chap. There's some uh, angry hello. flame. Hello, chap. Yeah, uh, there's some angry flames fans tweets I want to read on your show. I'm like, okay, okay. It's been a while since we've heard from Melancholy Malcolm. Yeah, it's been a while. It's yeah. been a while since we've it's heard from him. It's been a while. We'll hear from him at the top of the hour, seven thirty. Adnan Verk, MLB NHL Network host, Cinephile Podcast. Sam Cosentino, NHL analyst and draft expert for Sportsnet, and I think I'll I'll hand out the uh, the text topic at the top of the hour because we have another um, foursome to give away at Wingfield Golf Club, which is super exciting, very exciting. Uh, but right now, um, sorry about this. <laughs> it's time for the Rose Report, and it's brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Bloom. Well, that was uh, hmm, something yesterday. Poop sandwich. Yeah, that's right, Elliot. Flames got completely worked over in L.A. One of five games yesterday there in Anaheim to play the Ducks as part of a 13-game slate tonight. Kevin Gossman, a... Solid spring outing while the World Baseball Classic semifinal did not lack any drama. It is gone off the foul pole. The final tonight, couple of local notes as well, but we'll get into it. Started with that terrible showing in LA. Flames and Kings, third of four meetings. They'll close down the season series on the 28th. Jacob Pelche replaced Walker Dewar in the lineup. 
First five-ish minutes were a bit of a slog. Neither team gave up much of a chance and honestly thought the first good chance went to the Flames. Gabrikov drops it, but his pass to Morris picked off. Here comes Backlund racing up the right wing side. Backlund shoots, and Copley makes a good blocker stop. Backlund had Huberto with him, and I think second-guessed himself there. Shoots on the two-on-one after a nifty steal from Trevor Moore, but the Flames unable to break through Phoenix Copley early. Shortly after that, it was the Kings getting a couple of good looks. Get it in deep again. Here's McEwen out in front. Kapari to crunch. Triple the right hand scores. Kings get a goal from their fourth line. Carl Grundstrom has now scored in three consecutive contests. Fourth line versus fourth line. Adam Rzichka and Mackenzie Wager lose their checks as every flame on the ice chased the Kings around and eventually Carl Grundstrom's 10th had LA on the board at the 8 minute and 30 second mark. Yeah, I, I like what the Flames are trying to do there with Wager to spring them. Yeah. But he, he's got to follow Grundstrom to the net. And that one wasn't on Markstrom. And again, Markstrom, you can't pit this one on Markstrom last night. He wasn't the sharpest either. Nope, he wasn't outstanding. No. But like you mentioned, I, I wasn't. He was by himself. I didn't feel like he was giving up a bunch of stinkers. And no. Like killed the momentum early on in the game. Right. Right? As it has been some instances. Um, Honestly, hard to find a player on the Flames with a really good first period, to be honest, as things continue to unravel a little bit later on. Highfield holds it in. He's it back to the right point. Dowdy glides in and shoots and scores. But Jacob Markstrom's screen throws the puck through some traffic and right into the Flames net. Kings winning all the races. A hard hit by Byfield forces a Chris Tanev turnover. Drew Doughty pots his sixth of the season less than three minutes after they had opened up the scoring. And then just after that, blue liner turnover. Zadorov takes over and spins away from the four-tracking Lazov. It gives it away at center. Already scores. Zadorov turns it over. Velarde gets his 23rd as a result. And then after that, it was a bad penalty to Michael Backlund. So that mm. put Tyler Toffoli out there in his spot. And, of course, the seam was open then. It's Kopitar. Far side to Kempe. Kempe across to Arvitz and the scores. That was a gorgeous pass. Ugh. 20th goal of the year for Victor Arvidsson. That one on the power play. 4-0 Kings in the first period. They outshot the Flames 14-3. Yeah, uh, Flames dominated uh, in that period. No question about it. It was a massacre. Um, the most interesting thing maybe of that first 20 minutes. Well, two things. Number one, Lanny McDonald was in the intermission mm -hmm. with uh, Leslie and Francis. Mm -hmm. He was wearing a Huberto jersey, which was nice because he's supporting him. Mm -hmm. And then Lanny's saying that Kadri needs to find a way to work with Daryl Sutter, which I thought was super interesting that Lanny McDonald will talk about that. Yeah. Like what? He was asked about it, like the coaching, and mm -hmm. he mentioned how playing for like, do you Bednar think that was a lot different than playing for Sutter? Because even Lanny mentioned Sutter's a it's my way or the highway type of guy, mm -hmm. and they need to find a way to work together. Which I thought it was very interesting on the heels of the Elliot Friedman comments yeah. about Nazem Kadri and Daryl Sutter. I just wonder who's going to give an inch in that conversation, and I don't know if it's anybody. Uh, no goalie switch for the second period, George. Strangely enough. Yeah, which um, I thought well, I was really surprised. Figured you got the game tomorrow. I'm sorry, but you're down 4 nothing, and your team looked terrible. You really think that this one's still in hand? But okay, Jacob Markstrom goes in there to keep on fighting. And I guess Dan Vladar hasn't been great, but whatever. Flames did start second on the power play and did show a little bit of life. Lindholm chips it up the far side, catches up to it in the corner, and then it ends up sliding off his stick. Backlund steals and centers. Defoli scores! Tyler DeForley, the former king, one times the puck past Phoenix Copley. 29th of the year for Toffoli, uh, 34 seconds into the second period. But then a rough scenario a few minutes later, he tries to get to the puck and tripped up by Copley, goes yeah. hard into the board. That looked ugly for a second. I was worried for him. That didn't look good. That's how you blow out a shoulder. That's how you knock yourself unconscious. There's yep. a lot of things that can go wrong there. But he stayed out there for the power play. Yeah, and Flames almost scored. Helche directed the puck, who was back in the lineup. Well, you'll play it right oh, point to Anderson with 45 seconds left in the power Sneaky play. Anderson, double. a shot, and a nice right pad kick save by Copley. After a great redirection by Pelche. I had it cooked yeah. for you. But oh. in score. 
No. Uh, and then Richie blew up Drew Doughty behind the net, which I thought was nice. Yeah, I was like, that's great. Look at him throwing his yep. weight around. And then Pelche gets uh, cross-checked, and the refs missed it. Kelly Rudy was not happy about that. Right in the back of the neck. Yeah. In the neck. Not good. Sounds yeah. like a death metal band. In the neck. In the neck. Welcome to the stage. In the neck. And it's time for cross-checking the neck. Pretty good. And then things... That Edler pass was... Well, here's the thing. There's no room for error when you're, um... Well, I guess just when you're playing the Kings. I know. A stretch pass. Kent Bay gets through, shoots, and scores! Yeah, Edler through the entire neutral zone. Kempe gets his 33rd of the year. Kings go up 5-1 at 8-17 of period number two. Pelche had another chance on a two-on-one. Can't finish it. It was only the 10th shot of the game at the midway point of the contest. Kempe would double down. More neutral zone deficiencies. He used Chris Tanev as a screen. Scored his 34th about four and a half minutes after his first. Some special teams closed out the the frame, but the Flames were down 6-1 after 40 minutes of play. In the third, Hannafin scored with about 11 minutes to go, but too little too late. In fact, the Kings would score their own power play goal and a goal on a two-on-one off of Pelche turnover to really run up the score 8-2. Abysmal outing out in LA. Put this one in the garbage and focus on tomorrow. Brutal game. You know, it's um, there's nothing more to say really. Quick turnaround. You got to be better tomorrow. They all worked us from the drop of the puck, and you know, pretty much every facet of the game, we were too slow and got outworked, and that's what happens. Five and five, I think they dominated us. Are there any positives tonight at all? No. Flush it. Let's go. Jonathan Huberto, Rasmus Anderson, Trevor Lewis, and, of course, the head coach, Daryl Sutter. Nobody happy with that one. Everybody on to Anaheim for their game this evening. Um, that The season in review a graphic that was played on the broadcast last night was absolutely uh, jarring yet not surprising. Yeah. So uh, if you missed it, uh, here it is for you. Um, games, game, I can read. Games, yeah, here it is, guys. <laughs> Games decided by one goal, forty-one most in the NHL. Uh-huh. Losses in one-goal games, twenty-six mm-hmm. most in the NHL. Overtime shootout losses, fifteen uh, most in the NHL. Post hit, uh, we'll even add that Pelche one from last night. Now, sure. seventy-eight most oh. in the NHL. <laughs> Third period comeback wins. How many? Zero. Meh. Nil. Zero was their bid. Uh, fewest in the NHL. And losses when uh, shooting outshooting opponents by 10 plus shots. 21 most in NHL history. History. That's a flame season in a nutshell right there, there you for go. you. Yeah. Hope that made you feel better Again, about it. Again, I've been trying to be positive. I got... I'm trying to... You're doing your best. I'm like, I'm really trying here. You're doing. Positive. So you wake up this morning, look at the standings. Yeah. Flames still, you know, <laughs> but then touching distance of the Jets, four points, just four points back of a playoff That's spot. That's it. And they both have 11 games to go. Yep. You beat the Ducks tonight. All of a sudden, you're just two points back of a playoff spot. And the Jets are also in action this evening. We'll get to that in just a moment. The next game for Calgary is tonight. Quick rip down the I-5 to Anaheim to battle the hapless Ducks. 8 o'clock start. Flames talk goes 4-7. to seven. Sportsnet today from noon to 2. Hockey Central Salvian at 2 o'clock. And uh, there's a big show replay in there somewhere as well. So enjoy. Really? Yeah. Enjoy us in the afternoon. Yeah. I love our show in the afternoon. I love the big show replay. 3 p.m. I love our show. Just full stop. You okay there, Matt? Yeah, your voice, you okay? Yeah, just a little a little raspy. T- I'm losing sick? my voice, I think. You sick? No, I feel fine, but I'm losing my voice, I think. Oh, that's not going to be good for Big Show Mucho at 905 uh, for you. I don't you. think so. Okay. Uh, Maybe some, some, some tea? Yep. Water, hot water, lemon? Ain't no tea here. <laughs> okay, last night, uh, okay. four other games, oh, okay. including a couple of Canadian clubs. I'm done with those guys. Um, Oilers were hosting the Sharks. San Jose on a trip that will see them stop in Calgary on Saturday. Wild game. Uh, tied at four after regulation. Oilers had to come back and tie it. I think there was three, maybe even four goals that were called back on review in this one. Um, Might have watched overtime during the second intermission, and i got to admit, it was a lot of fun. Carlson into the Oilers zone on the right wing. 
to the middle of the ice off a stick just wide. Nugent Hopkins taken into the corner, but a pass up the right wing to Nurse. He's got a line to the net. He'll come in. The shot scores! Darnell Nurse ends the game in overtime. Cam Moon up the road with Ched on the call there as a Nurse scores to make it a 5-4 victory for the Oilers over the Sharks. Multiple players in multi-point games for Edmonton, including Leon Dreisaitl. The German has recorded his 200th career multi-point game. He becomes the sixth Oilers player to do so. Uh, the overtime was lots of fun with Eric Carlson flying all over the ice. And, of course, uh, Connor McDavid, too. Two goals for Eric Carlson in this one on six shots. He's having a ridiculous offensive season. Did you see that save Reimer made on Dreisaitl there at the end of the game? In overtime? Yeah. Yeah. When he dove across and just saved the day? Yeah. Real nice. I love love. James Reimer does not. Other Canadian team in action was the Senators. They were visiting the Penguins. Sens haven't been able to keep up, and the Penguins have been trying to hold off the Panthers for the second wild card. Penguins needed the points bad. Thomas Chabot made a nice play to open up the scoring in the first period. Putting his 10th of the season with some nifty footwork. Evgeny Malkin would set up Ricard Raquel late in the third, tying up the game. But shortly after tying it up, the Penguins took a penalty. The drive blocked by Brian Rust. And he can't clear. It's kept in by Sanderson. And he's hurt. He took it off the hand. Centering in front. They put it off the post. Is it in? It is. Drake Batherson tips it home atop the blue paint. And with 2.09 to go, the Ottawa Senators score on the power play and take the lead 2-1. to one. Woof. That is the call from Penguins Radio with Josh Getzoff. And you could hear the life draining as the call went on. The Ottawa Senators score on the power play and take the the lead two to one. The Red Hot Panthers are on their tail, and the Penguins have been slipping and sliding their way out of a postseason spot. Would you rather your team, you know, try and push for a playoff spot or be in one for a long time and slowly slide out in the last dozen games of the season? As people in Winnipeg. Yeah, mm, that's a fair point. Except they're probably going to. Never mind. We're not going to get into that too much. Well, Drake, we'll see tonight in Anaheim, won't yeah, we? won't we? <laughs> Drake Batherson's 21st goal and 14th on the power play. That's the game winner late in the third period. Two on your final score. Dylan Ferguson stopped 48 of 49 shots in his first NHL start. Lanceville's BC's own and former Kamloops Blazer. Got to give love to the Westerners when uh, we have an opportunity, George. The Penguins lose. That opens the door for the Panthers, who are playing the Red Wings in Detroit at the same time. And guess who had a big hand in giving Florida a lead? Far boards Raymond gave it away in front of the Red Wing net. Bennett off to the near circle. Kachuk a shot. He scores. And the Panthers capitalize off the turnover and take a 1-0 lead. Down behind the net, Matthew Kachuk in the trapezoid. Out in front for Hagee. A shot. He scores. Kachuk scores his 33rd. He assists on Verhey's goal for his 94th point of the season. Panthers led 2-0, never gave up that lead. They win it 5-2. Alexander Barkov had an assist. He passes Jonathan Huberto for the most points in franchise history. The Panthers jump the Penguins and take over a playoff spot. They've only held a playoff spot for four days since mid-November. Is Carter Verhey's 35 goals the quietest in the NHL this season? Uh, yes. He just does it again. Like, he's one of those guys that, okay, rinse and repeat in Florida, 30 goals. Nag Rice Dog. Really? Yes. We, I, gu- I third- guess we'll give some love to the Ontario guys, too, here. And he was a third-round pick of the Leafs. That I did know. Whoops. Oopsies. Um, also, how about this? Crosby and Ovechkin could boast in this to playoffs. Washington's probably going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, Washington's out, but the th- point yeah. is that Crosby and Ovechkin could both miss the number one in the mandate same season. for the Capitals is Ovechkin to be the league's all-time leading goal scorer. Mm-hmm. That's all they care about. Finally, uh, one of George's favorite players, Dennis Malgin, three <laughs> points for the Colorado Avalanche a- as they beat the uh, Blackhawks yesterday. Alexander Georgiev stopped twenty-seven shots for his fifth shutout of the season. Five nothing the final. Ilya Sorokin and Darcy Kemper also with five shutouts as that paces the NHL. Mm. Good for Malgin. Dennis bleeping Malgin. Yeah. <laughs> After that goal against the Flames. Where he puts the door like, that's on Dennis a leash. Malgin. Took him for a walk around the block. If it was McKinnon, block. you'd be like, fine. <laughs> Ranting in, I get it. But Dennis bleeping Malgin? 
Anyway, sorry. Go like on. the one thing that Malgan has is With like all due respect. a ridiculous amount of speed. Yeah. Like that's his bread and butter. Sure. And you just throw him on like one of the fastest teams in the NHL and he's yeah. able to cook. So have at her. Good for him. Tonight, 13 games, including the Flames and the Ducks. Around the Western playoff race, the Jets host the Coyotes. That goes at six. Predators will visit the Sabres. That one goes at five o'clock. Plenty of Canadian teams in action. Canucks host the Golden Knights at 8. Out east, the Leafs visit the Islanders at 5.30. Canadians host the Lightning. And the Senators wrap up a tough back-to-back. They're in Boston to face the Bruins. Or they're, they're facing the Bruins after taking on the... Oh, never mind. Are That's you fine. okay right now? For some reason, I thought Eric Carlson still played for the Senators, and they were in Edmonton yesterday. Brain fart. Canadians host the Lightning. Senators wrap a tough back-to-back. They take on the Bruins. That's a 5 o'clock start. Elsewhere, Metropolitan scrap between the Rangers and the Hurricanes. The Blue Jackets visit the Capitals. Panthers are in Philly on the second half of a back-to-back. The Devils host the Wild. And David Perron returns to St. Louis as the Red Wings visit the Blues in St. Louis. Stabby St. Louis. Jays and Tigers in spring action yesterday. Kevin Gossman went five shutout innings, allowing three hits and striking out six as Tirana beat Detroit. 5 nothing Off day for Toronto today. And George, I got great news for you. Only seven games left oh, in the regular season. Goodness. Or in the spring training. Uh, and yesterday, Hyunjin Ryu spoke to the media, said his ideal date and time to return mid-July for the big mm. Korean pitcher. Uh, working back. How does he fit in the rotation? Tommy John surgery. He's in the final year of a four-year, $80 million contract. You got to think by that point, someone's got to be banged up or something like that. Or Jose Barrios might be really bad by then. (laughs) That'd be fine, right? That'd be great. World Baseball Classic has Japan and Mexico in semifinal action yesterday. What a classic. This was a great game. Milwaukee Brewers infielder. Luis Urias hit a three-run jack in the fourth inning. That gave the underdog Mexicans the lead. They held on to a 3-0 lead until inning number seven. Now the 2-2. It is hit high and deep down the right field line. Toward the corner. It is gone off the foul pole. Tie game. The madness was just getting started. In the next inning, Alex Verdugo doubled to score Randy Arozarena and give Mexico a one-run lead. They'd add another to take a 5-3 lead into the bottom of the eighth. But Japan meticulously advanced the runners, got a single across in the bottom of the eighth, but still trailed 5-4. Mexico could not add. The door was open. Just a single-run lead. Shohei Otani led off in the ninth. He would get a double. Then uh, Cardinals reliever Giovanni Galagos would walk the next batter, set the table for this. Galagos looks back at Otani. The pitch is hit to left center field. Hit very well, and it is off the wall. Otani flying around third, right behind him, scoring the winning run. It's a walk-off. Japan. We'll play for the championship. They win it 6-5 over Mexico. Great game, George. Um, if you haven't seen the Randy Rosarena catch, go do yourself a favor and just watch his expression or lack thereof when he makes an incredible home run saving grab in the outfield. A stolen cold killer. Great. Just all game time. Uh, how about this? The call in Japanese. I would assume they care about the win. That's their eight-man broadcast team calling the final. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> uh, Japan and USA will go toe-to-toe at 5 o'clock this evening for all of the marbles. Uh, yesterday, Roger Goodell. It sounds like uh, the big man is going to be getting his fourth extension from the league, as per Adam Schefter. He's turned the league into a money-making machine where the league is the envy of all other sports leagues in terms of the product they put out, the value of the franchises, the media rights fees that they get each year from these networks. And so this will continue that now going forward and put to end any speculation that had existed that Roger Goodell 
was on his last deal. This will be his fourth extension from the National Football League. 64 years old uh, extension coming for the big man who uh, is going to get his fourth with the NFL. Pretty stunning stuff. No surprise. No surprise, but stunning in the sense that, like, four extensions? Yeah, and he, be. And he also has uh, access to the NFL's private bird, which is super fun. I would like a private bird. Yeah. Just fly all over. Wherever you want to go. Wherever you want to go. Yep. Whatever you want. No problem. Have me swell. Congrats to Roger Goodell. Uh, it'll be announced officially next week as they've got uh, some... Uh, Four extensions. Gary Bittman's like, whatever. Yeah. Good luck. Jump change. Uh, not a ton to tell you about locally. The Hitmen are back in action tomorrow in Lethbridge, but perhaps some scoreboard watching as their hunt for the playoffs continue. Hitmen are seven. The Swift current Broncos are ninth, just outside of a playoff spot, and Swift uh, plays the Oil Kings tonight at 7 o'clock. The Stampede has also made a couple of signings. You can play DN. Give me a call. A couple CFL rookies for the upcoming season. Defensive lineman Ray Thornton, a former Texas Longhorn, and defensive back Julian Charles, a former Mississippi College Choctaw, who also played in the fan-controlled football league in 2022 which is uh, getting set for their third season, and it is one of the more gimmicky sports leagues around, George. The old fan-controlled football league. And good night, and good luck to you, sir. Uh, And Holly Saunders, by the way, that's happening, the topless sports league. Is it? We talked about it last week. It's uh, finalized? It's a go. Do we know what they're playing? Uh, You just just get to see a lot of boobies, apparently. That's essentially the whole sports league. (laughs) Okay. Um, right on. Yeah, that's the Rose Report brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street Southeast. Straight ahead, more on the Flames A2 destruction last night at the hands of the LA Kings. We'll hear from Melancholy Malcolm. We'll give you the text question for the day to win a foursome at Wingfield Golf Club. We'll talk to Adnan Verk. Lots to do in the 7 o'clock, seven o'clock hour. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.